shows lean left, some lean right, but we lean local and business. This is North Georgia Business Radio X with Phil Benelli. For the next hour, we will celebrate the businesses in our area and the people that run them. Find us on Facebook at North Georgia Business Radio X and online at NorthGeorgiaBusinessRadioX.com. Now, here's Phil Benelli. For those about to rock, we salute you. Here, my guest on the show today is none other than Mr. Jody Jackson, Executive Director of the Gerard Birch Foundation. Uh, If you've been around a while, you may uh, remember the John Gerard Foundation. This is the continuum of that with an extra great added uh, element in the Birch, which we'll talk about. And Jody, uh, along with being the executive director for the Gerard Birch Foundation is a music industry vet. So we're going to hear from a different sort of uh, industry star than we normally get to hear from. Jody, welcome to the show. Thank you, Phil. It's great to be here. I've been up here at the station several times, but not to see the wonderful Phil Benelli. Oh, it's wonderful to see you, sir. But thanks for having me, and I look forward to uh, to talking to you about what all we've got going on. So I'd like to repeat something throughout the show so no one misses it, and that is uh, the Gerard Birch Foundation is putting on its signature Lake Show event coming up soon. Tell us the details on that. Well, it's our eighth annual wow. Lake Show. We Bruce and I named it eight years ago, and we tried to come up with something, something to do, somewhere to do a show, and found the most perfect venue which is the lake lanier olympic park of course for those of you who have not been out there it's absolutely beautiful in 1996 they used it for the olympics for rowing um i was in nashville during those times but when we got when i moved here eight or nine years ago i think bruce and alan nivens and myself uh, met with mike uh, excuse me jim mathis because Jim was somehow overlooking the Lake Lanier Olympic Park, but the weeds have grown up, had grown up, and we went out there, and I'm like, man, this is the most beautiful place for mm. a concert. Mm-hmm. You got parking, you got a lake, boats, bathrooms, electricity. I mean, this is perfect. And I'd done some shows uh, in Nashville downtown where they do them on the river, and some shows in Chattanooga and and some Augusta. There's other places that you know downtown or wherever they do their shows on the lake it just Mm -hmm. lends itself so this was the perfect place and so we i think morgan was the uh, director out there at that time now there's another morgan who's out there female morgan uh but anyway we had the first show and it went great so we decided instead of just our songwriter show every september that we've been doing for now will be 22 years this september we would add a spring show which is kind of more of a outdoor fun dance lake Kick bring off your the summer. shoes, folks. Bring, bring them. Kids, boats, bring it all. It's not that kid friendly, but it's definitely not <laughs> anti kid. If you don't mind your kids staying up late, then you could yeah, bring it. I definitely yeah. have seen kids here. There you go. So, who, who's the musical entertainment this year? Oh, man, it's one of my favorite artists. I've worked with this guy. I met him on the Delbert McClinton cruise 15 or 20, 15 years ago, I'd say. His name is Jeffrey Steele, and Jeffrey is from California. He moved to Nashville probably 20, 25 years ago. He was in a band called Boy Howdy. On I think they were on Mercury Records. They had one hit. It was a good song, and then they were dropped from the label. Well, Jeffrey went on, as so many other artists have done, to write songs. And to this date, he is in the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame. Wow. He's had somewhere between 17 and 20 number one songs from a lot of those Rascal Flats. Uh, hits, Montgomery Gentry hits, Tim McGraw hits, um, 
Zach Brown, knee deep, knee deep in the water. You're going to get me oh, singing today. yeah, do Phil, it. I'm not even a singer. Do it. And so Jeffrey is a one-man show. He's unbelievably good. Uh, he plays guitar and piano, not at the same time. Uh, <clears throat> but he's so cool because he'll, he'll break out his guitar and do, you know, a huge, long Montgomery Gentry hit, like, you know, this is my town. And then he'll just kind of segue into like acdc or led zeppelin <laughs> down there you know and start playing that and get everybody and then goes back to his hit song and he's just full of energy he's just a wonderful guy like i said i've worked with him shoot i've just booked him recently at, at, for a corporate event but he's just great to work with and when he said he could do the lake show we were just blown away so and i will caveat this show is not for everybody i mean if you don't like amazing music <laughs> If you don't like great food and cold drinks, and if you don't like a beautiful atmosphere, this show's just not for you. If you exactly. don't like having fun. Fun people. I want to warn, warn Fellowship you. on the lake. On the lake, baby. And what is the date? Of it's the Saturday, June the 3rd, which we decided the first or second year. We were looking at Memorial Day weekend, and then we realized, you know, people are, there's a lot of graduations. A lot of people go out of town. So we would do it the Saturday after Memorial Day, and we've done that every year and hope to continue to do it every year. So it's Saturday, June 3rd. Now, that same day, they're having in the morning, they're having a triathlon out right. there, four or 500 athletes swimming and biking and all that stuff. As you can tell, I'm a triathlon athlete. No, I'm kidding. Um, He's wearing his spandex biking shorts right now, folks. I'm glad you can't Don't give him that this. picture, Phil. So also in the middle of the day out there, same venue, they're having a wake wakeboard competition water sports central who is one of our they're our fireworks sponsor for our show ah. so they're having a competition of 30 or 40 guys behind boats riding the wakes whatever they do that'll wind up around 4 4 30 and then we'll get all fixed up we'll have the port of john's cleaned out have everything ready the stage and we'll open the gates at six o'clock right. and i've got a band called the atlanta sound um, excuse me atlanta soul band I just Oof. met about a month ago, Oof. and where I was, where they were playing, it was in Canton, Georgia, and everybody was going. They were playing Motown. They were playing just soul music. Like Everybody was dancing. I thought, these guys are great. Oh, yeah. So I went up and talked to them, and they said, yeah, we'd love to do something with you. So as it turns out, we're going to have the Atlanta Soul Band out there, and they'll have everybody dancing. And now the way we're trying to work this is have them kind of kick off the show with a 30- or 45-minute set. <clears throat> We'll take a break, and then we'll bring Jeffrey Steele up. Uh, he'll do a good 75 to 90 minutes, and then I think we may get the Atlanta Soul Band back out, and then we do our fireworks show around 10 or 10.15 and call it a night. You will see this radio host dancing. That is for sure. So um, folks can just get tickets? You can just get tickets. The easiest way, and we've learned this 20 years of doing this, and we're not concert promoters. We're, we're trying to raise money for different uh, charities here in Gainesville, Hall County, but it's to go to our website, and you click right on. You can get individual tickets. They're $30. Uh, you can bring your own chair, but th it's a built-in amphitheater. There's plenty of places to sit outside the tables. You can get a $600 table for six people that includes your food and beverage tickets um adult beverage tickets we'll say and um or there are still some sponsorships left where you can go on and, and sponsor your company and we can put you a banner up and, and talk about you from the stage and really show uh 
how how you support the event. If you're trying to grow your company, imagine this. <laughs> your sales team or you yourself personally call on a prospect, and when they hear the name of your company, they, for some reason they don't know, can't help thinking about dancing to wonderful music with an adult beverage in their hand. That's going to help you land some sales. So what is the website, Jody, that they go to? It's GerardBirchFoundation.com. GerardBirchFoundation.com. Gerard is J-A-R-R-A-R-D. Most people in Gainesville are familiar with the Gerard family. They're very, very big deal here in town. Uh, and then Bruce Birch, of course, we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, we've, we've renamed the foundation to add Bruce's name since he passed away last March. So it's GerardBirchFoundation.com. You click on events, it'll say Lake Show, and then you see your different options of of what you want to do. And I would advise get a sponsorship so you can get that table or just if you just got some friends, get a table. It is wonderful to have that to recline at. Get those food and beverages, you will not regret it. That is the best $600 you can spend in town. That's $100 per person. You can't beat that. Uh, and we really we we jumped ahead because I wanted to uh, just about this event. But when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about John Gerard and Bruce Birch and these uh, really pillars of the music industry um, that have done a lot of great stuff and that I think have a wonderful story. So join us after this break on North Georgia Business Radio X. that man welcome back to north georgia business radio x i'm your host phil benelli here with jody jackson executive director of the gerard birch foundation and we're going to talk about who is that man being john gerard uh very interesting individual jody share with the audience for those of you who don't know john's story it's a great story john obviously from gainesville georgia went to elementary middle school high school right here in Gainesville, then he moved to Athens, but he grew up with type 1 diabetes his whole life, so he struggled with it. I think later in life, around the time in Athens or when he moved to Nashville, he lost his eyesight, Um, but started writing songs and and just doing everything he could to learn how to write songs and who to write with and and all that kind of stuff. Well, it turns out that um, Don Williams cut one of... uh, John songs and it went on to be a hit and so after that over the next 15 to 20 years John had uh, 11 number one songs with Alabama with George Strait Reba McIntyre I mean you name it John Gerard had a hit with him Tracy Lawrence and he was just kind of an icon around Music Row and that's I moved to Nashville in 94 and I would see John I met him through Bruce and, and some other friends and just walking up and down Music Row, and he'd always have a University of Georgia football jersey on, and All right. have his cane. He'd, he'd lost. I say he went blind. He was like ninety-eight percent blind. He could barely see some light and okay. and feel around. Um, but just a good guy, just a great attitude. Everybody, all the songwriters that he's, I mean, just loved John. I mean, he was so much fun and just a jokester and all that kind of stuff. So. <clears throat> Uh, Bruce and John wrote a lot together. Of course, they were best friends in high school and at the University of Georgia. And then Bruce had moved to, to Nashville and started. He had two Reba number ones and then a couple other hits. And so 
it was just a neat thing. And then as John kind of got a little more ill in the late 90s, right before 2000, um, they had done a couple things down here in Gainesville that John came down to. And then the year that John passed away. And, like and, some benefit yeah, things? Yeah, okay, yeah. to raise money for charity. Right. And I think then, this was 15, not 15, this was nine years before my time, although I knew John before I came here. Um, but after John passed away, you know, they did still did some things in Nashville. But uh, Bruce Birch came back and, and uh, Philip Wilhite uh, Sr. and uh, Mike Banks and Jim Mathis and, and people like that that are just, you know, cornerstone or, or icons in this town told Bruce, they're like, we would like to continue doing this concert, call it the John Gerard concert. And so they named it Bruce Birch and Friends then. And so uh -huh. Bruce, knowing all these songwriters, huge songwriters in Nashville, they were coming to town. In the first year, it was 30 tables, then it was 35, then it was 40, and it just kept growing. And so at the time, I was managing T. Graham Brown, who's another artist from Athens, that Bruce connected me with when I was in Nashville. And uh, back up just a little bit, I met Bruce. I was in country radio in Atlanta. That's where I knew some of the folks that work here now or have in the last few years. Um, and I met Bruce then, right after he'd had hits. So when I moved to Nashville, you know, we stayed, maintained friends. So anyway, Bruce called me one day in 90, no, it was 2000 eight and said you know this john gerard foundation thing is really taking off they've become a non-profit we're doing a concert every year raising over a hundred thousand dollars bringing i mean we brought guys from alabama we brought i mean huge songwriters down oh, yeah. and nobody had you know this songwriter thing's huge now there's songwriter festivals everywhere from i mean there's just i can name 30 of them right now but nothing was going on like this in one community and it just grew and grew and grew so at the time, my parents were both in Atlanta. My mother had, had recently uh, gotten Alzheimer's, so I kind of wanted to move back. You know, my kids were young enough to move back here. So I came back in 2009, and, and they hired me as the, as the uh, director to kind of put these shows together. And, and I knew songwriters, I knew production, stage, sound and lights, new people in Gainesville, new people in the radio in Atlanta. So started doing it then and just had a lot of help, and it just grew and grew and grew to – you know, these last few years before Bruce passed away, we were selling out at 110, 120 tables, and we're bringing the same songwriters that you would go see at the Bluebird in Nashville here, oh, hit yeah. song after hit song, and it's just amazing that people, you know, it's kind of turned into a fall thing to do in Gainesville, Georgia. The fall thing to do. <laughs> and we tried to schedule it not around Georgia football or Gainesville High or any of the high schools here, and so it's been a, an off Saturday for Georgia. We've tried to every year. And it's just grown and grown and grown. And so um, we were trying to get John in the um, Georgia Music Hall of Fame, which we did in 2012, oh, I think, 12 or 13. Um, so we, you know, had accomplished a lot of things we're trying to do. We've been given to the Boys and Girls Clubs, the Good News Clinic, uh, Clinics, uh, the Good News Shelter, um, several charities, Sisu here, right. the food bank here. So the money raised from this world-class concert goes to um, causes that John was passionate exactly. about. Exactly. Thank you for saying that because it, it, it was something that I know John wanted and Bruce wanted and in the Boys and Girls Clubs especially. He was a big, you know, a big guy out there and just growing up around it. So anyway, in the 20 years, uh, we're at like two, I think 2.3 or $2.4 million that we... <sighs> that we've grossed and uh, given away to all these charities. So it's just, and I talk to songwriters now in Nashville all the time, and they're like, man, you know, we do these things all over, but there's nothing 
nobody has it going on like Gainesville, Georgia. And it, it, because of our board, folks like Phil Benelli here really donate their time. And, and we have it down from who needs to do everything from setup to trash to tables to chairs to, you know. And, and, it's uh, a well-oiled machine. Johnny's Barbecue has always been with us. The last couple of years we've used some food trucks for the, uh, for the um, lake show, but different things. And so, I mean, we just had people that, you know, like this radio station here has been, WDUN mm-hmm. has been so helpful. Um, you know, Bill is just wonderful and everybody here. So anyway, it's just grown and grown. So in 2022, in March, Bruce, his whole life has been dealing with leukemia. Oh. And it was a non-Hodgkin's, you know, it was a leukemia that lasted 25 to 30 years. He'd go through chemo every several years, but, you know, he mostly stayed in remission. Anyway, his immune system just, you know, he even got um, um, the pandemic <laughs> and uh, COVID, that's the word. Um, but, you know, he, he survived it, and he was okay for several months there, but his immune system was just shot. He, mm-hmm. he was going in and out of the hospital. So in March last year, uh, Bruce passed away, and immediately, you know, we had folks, you know, on our board, Alan Nivens and uh, Mac Venton and Philip Wilhite, you know, people just saying, you know, Bruce has done more than anybody for John, for this community, for this foundation. So it's only fitting to to call it the Gerard Birch Foundation. I was blown away by the I thought, absolutely. I mean, Bruce is the reason I'm here. I can name 25 people in Nashville that are made a big impact on my life that I met through Bruce. Mm. So we changed the name to the Gerard Birch Foundation and we're rolling with it and we love it. And uh, Bruce's family's been very involved. His sister, Cindy Haynes is still here and Mike, his brother-in-law. And then his brother, Dave Birch is down at St. Simon's and they're all big supporters. And, you know, so it's just kind of cool to have Bruce and, and John's name on the same, oh, yeah. the same name. And we're going to continue to, to what Bruce and I used to say is bring good music to the people. Amen. And it does. And I'll tell you, th- this is an event. I mean, I definitely, I I plan like things in the fall around the Gerard Birch uh, Foundation concert. It is if you've never been, you need to go. We mentioned the Lake Show, go sign up for that. We've uh, been the Fall Show too. Check it out. It's uh, September ninth. September ninth. And as soon as we get done with the Lake Show, the next week we'll have all information going up on the website to get tickets for the for the September show. I am on the board and proud to be and love being on there. My wife, I had told her, like, honey, I'm rolling off some boards. There's no way I'm joining anything. Again, until our kids grow up, you know, a long time from now. And when, But when somebody called me and asked me to be on the Gerard Birch board, uh, I didn't even think about it. I said, oh, my gosh, heck, yeah, I want to be. And I'll just a little lesson from the board for folks out there. If you're in any sort of group, like a nonprofit or at your company, I would tell you two things that are key. Everyone on the board does work. There's not really any free riders. And I hate it when people ask you to be in some group and say, you won't really have to do anything. Why would you want them on the board? Two, the decision-making, we just get together and get things done. You know, nothing great has ever happened from Robert's Rules of Order. You just get around and make it happen. So we'll talk more about this great event uh, after the break on North Georgia Business Radio X. We need more cowbell. More cowbell. 
Welcome back to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm your host, Phil Benelli, here with Jody Jackson, uh, Executive Director of the Gerard Birch Foundation and a music industry vet. And uh, tell you the truth, folks, right in front of me is a red and black cowbell, two of my favorite colors. And uh, that makes me think of the music industry, which you have spent many decades working in, Jody. So people know you as an executive director, your great uh, John or Gerard Birch work, but tell us about your uh, Nashville path. How'd you end up in, in the music business? Where'd well, you start? You know, I tell you, it's, it's kind of like all of us when you're going through middle school and high school trying to figure out <clears throat> what you want to do with your life. It's usually what your parents or your father or your brother or somebody you know. And it just so happened that my I'm the youngest of five, and my oldest oh, brother, wow. he got out of high school and, and needed a job quick. He was getting married, in fact. And um, he got on with with MCA Records down off Fulton Industrial in the warehouse, and they immediately moved him up within six months to promotion. So at 19 years old, he was doing Southeast Promotion for MCA Records, which happened to have Leonard Skinner wow. just coming out then. Wow. So, I mean, uh, their first record. Uh, or around then. So anyway, he, he did it for years. So when I was, and he's 13 years older than me. So when I was in elementary and middle school, I'm going backstage to all these concerts to big concerts. I had no clue what was going on. So then fast forward a few more years, my older sister married a guy from uh, Phoenix, Arizona, who was a radio consultant. And he, he his, his group uh, coined the phrase AOR, album oriented rock. And so that's what 96 Rock was a station that played hits, but they also played album cuts. Okay. So again, I was going around with them. You know, I mean, I, I met like ELO and met Van Halen and met all these bands that I hardly knew who they were because I was just just under the age of, of knowing, you know. So here I was at West Georgia College. I went there to play football. And uh, my football career was lasted three weeks in the summer. <laughs> Now, I saw the writing on the wall, but anyway, my friends were there, and I loved Carrollton in West Georgia, and we were having a great time, so they had a radio station there at, uh, at West Georgia. Looked, you know, the room looked about like this, so I, I started doing little shifts there and doing stuff for the radio station. My brother got me on at 96 Rock as an intern, Wow! and then they were going to give me a job. This is when I was graduating from West Georgia, and then something came up. I can't remember. They hired somebody that was already working there. And I ran into uh, a girl by the name of Kim O'Shields, who I went to college with, and she was working at Y106 with Rhubarb Jones. And, oh, yeah. And B.J. Williams was on the radio from, from here back really? then. And Red Neckerson. And, and anyway, she said, we need a promotion assistant. So I'm like, shoot, I'll come do that. So I did, you know, took a small job out of college, promotion assistant. That basically means you're going around giving away T-shirts and hats and setting up banners and stuff like that. So that I did that for a couple of years, or actually for about a year, and then she, I believe, got pregnant, got married, then got pregnant, so she left, and they interviewed several people, and then the general manager brought me and said, we haven't found anybody that's going to promote, like, you know, so they made me a promotion director at 24 years old wow. at it, the biggest country station in Atlanta, so it was a really big deal for me. I loved it. Did that from 80, no, from, yeah, 89 to 93. And then I moved to Nashville because I'd met so many people, Bruce being Bruce Burtz being the main one. Uh, moved to Nashville and uh, did uh, record promotion. My brother and I, he moved from L.A. at the time because uh, he was had already moved from MCA, several other companies, to RCA. 
And then he had teenage girls, didn't want to raise them in L.A., so they moved to Nashville with RCA Records. He left RCA. We started an independent promotion company doing country dance music. And this is right when Boot Scoop Boogie uh-huh. and Achy Breaky Heart and all the country dance songs. So we were promoting all the record labels, country dance songs, to over 400 country nightclubs. Wow. And we're sending them the music, sending them posters, stand-ups of all these artists. I mean, it was a big deal, and it, it really went well. Uh, we started just he and I, then we had like 12 employees doing this within about two years. Well, then I ran into Bruce one day and that's when he said, you know, you ought to, oh, I'm sorry. I, we had done some road stuff with John Barry, who from down here, Travis Tritt from Atlanta, just cause I knew them. And then Shania Twain, we did a big thing with Mercury Records that Shania Twain and Toby Keith were both brand new artists with no hits on there. So we took them around doing track dates, doing radio interviews, Toby and Shania, uh, which I thought I would probably go to work full-time with Shania and then she moved to LA like she just up and moved to California so that ended that um so we did promotions you know I'd say for three to four years that I was working with him and then I ran to Bruce and he said you know you know T Graham Brown I said yeah I know T I mean I don't know him well but he's from Georgia and he's a great singer he said well T's brother's been on the road with him but now his wife's having babies and he wants to stay home they just need somebody to go out you know on the road and I thought you know I looked at his schedule and he's like playing with you know George Jones and Merle Haggard and all these huge acts that he was opening up for all over the country I thought you know what I just got married and I thought you know I'll do this for maybe a year or two well 12 years later I got off I got off the bus that's what they say but through all that I met so many artists and had I mean just travel and just all the big country I mean I, I met or we did shows with every country icon that I can think of. Merle Haggard, George Jones, Chris Christopherson. The only one is Johnny Cash. I never met Johnny Cash. I met June. She was at an event we did, but anyway, I never met Johnny. Had an opportunity to. He passed away. Um, Where was I in the story? So, oh, with T. Graham all those years. And then in 90, uh, I'm sorry, 2008 is when uh, T, I mean, Bruce called me and said, you know, they're doing the Gerard. Uh, John Gerard Foundation down here in Gainesville and I thought you know what I'd love to get off the road I'm coaching yeah. my son's basketball and baseball he was seven or eight years old and and uh, so we moved back and uh, since I've moved back now this has been going on now for 2009 to now what's that 14 years mm-hmm. I do the when I say I do I hire the stage sound and lights and the artists you know and some travel and some for several other events in Georgia, the the biggest one is here, right here in Gainesville, is the Georgia Poultry Federation. Oh, right. The Night of Nights they did have done for 40 years. Now we've moved it to Lake Lanier Islands, and so this is my third year doing that, uh, and it's every October. Uh, this year we have uh, Dustin Lynch. Last year we had uh, Lee Bryce, some really big acts, and raising money for all the poultry folks. Mike Giles and Abbott Massey here are two of the greatest guys around. I do the Georgia uh, Alliance of Community Hospitals. I do their event every year. It's smaller, but it's still a big event, to, you know, and it's down at Lake Oconee. I do Mansfield Energy, Mansfield Oil here. This is my seventh year of doing their events. a big golf tournament for MDA. Oh, yeah. I've heard a great concert at, at yeah. that. Yeah, we've the last few years we've had ELO, or parts of ELO, I should say, um, a Little River Band. We've had Mickey Thomas and uh, Starship. I mean, some great, great acts. This oh, year yeah. we have, uh, this June, in fact, coming up, um, um, I got to think of his name, uh, DiCarlo, this lead singer of Boston for the last oh, 10 wow. or 12 years. Uh, so it'll be fun. 
so I just love I love doing events. So anybody out there, I've I've done them as small as you know a five hundred dollar budget to a hundred and twenty five thousand dollar budget. If you you know want to uh, bring music to your people, your customers, or your or your uh, employees, I can make it happen. Call them up, Jody Jackson, and I'll tell you, uh, I've been to a large number of Jody Jackson events, and they're always amazing to say the least. And it it is so neat. To see, you know, you go to everyone's, I'm sure, been to a concert, been to some charity event with music, perhaps, and you just see it, and you see it go down, and your your eyes are drawn to the stage and the performer, but everything that goes into that, the tractor trailers of sound equipment that went in, all the sound checks, all the everything, making sure it's just right, it's a big deal to have a wonderful event, but it leaves an impact. It's worth it. Absolutely. A lot goes into it. And, and like I say, I enjoy it. I mean, you can burn out, but you, you look at like Taylor Swift tours right now and this Morgan Wallen, they're bringing 50 18-wheel trucks. 50 18-wheel trucks. 50 to unload. Now, that's, I haven't done tours that big, but uh, it's just great. I mean, music is the, the language of everybody. And, I, it, you know, a buddy of mine used to go to ball games and say, you know, half the people leave every ball game are pretty upset that their team lost. But hardly anybody leaves a concert unhappy. Nobody. <laughs> I tell you, I went to a, a wedding a couple weeks ago for my lovely sister-in-law, Aaron. Now, Aaron Montenegro just married Danny Montenegro, and they had a mariachi band at their wedding. And I was kind of worn out. It was the afternoon. Yeah, I was excited about their wedding, but when that mariachi band hit, it was game on for the Benelli family. We'll be back after this break on North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm telling The winds of change are a-blowing. Welcome back to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm your host, Phil Benelli. Here with, oh, we get some more cowbell. Here with Jody Jackson, Executive Director of the Gerard Birch Foundation. And uh, if you're just joining us, go on to GerardBirchFoundation.com and get some tickets to the Lake Show that's coming up here soon. Tied for the best concert you're ever going to see. Tied with the Fall Show from the Gerard Birch Foundation. Uh, some amazing songwriter talent. Uh, and get to your table. But I want to talk to Jody, who's a longtime music industry vet, about the music industry and how's it changed. In your career, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen? Oh, you have no idea. Um, right in the years from when I moved from Atlanta, working in at radio, which was, you know, 89, 90, 91, 92, um, when I first got to Nashville, Nashville's always been based on having a record deal. Distribution is the most important thing and promotion, radio record, you know, promotion. So for you to, as an artist to, to have a deal that, you know, one, they needed you to, they liked you to be young and good looking and all that with a mm-hmm. good song, but you would sign with a label because, you know, first it was albums, then it went to cassettes eight tracks or eight tracks then cassettes and then cds was a big thing when that hit in early 90s or whenever it did we all thought well this is going to be here forever well you had to have distribution so that you know these record labels had 
trucks and warehouses and hundreds if not thousands of employees pushing music to, to record stores and that was the the biggest part of the music industry is once you're promoted you're selling records well when everything started going digital can you imagine when things go digital that lays off trucks warehouses people's jobs i mean huge change and it, it was it was very abrupt to me even though it's kind of been slow over the years but I feel like it's there's the the the, the uh, diamond in the rough, or what do you call it? The silver lining is what I'm trying to say is that artists can be heard that don't have a record deal because right. of the internet and because of digital. Now, songwriters and artists are somewhat cheated, as you know, and you know all the controversy on that. They're not paid as much through you know all these Spotify and all these you know Apple Music and all that, but they're getting the music out there and there are artists to this day who are selling music on the internet they're selling their live shows because of the internet and because of of um snapchat and instagram and facebook and all that that probably would have never had the opportunity had they had to get a record deal and move nashville or new york or la uh, so it's just drastically changed when everything went digital but what i would tell somebody now who was trying you know i don't care if you're in country rock pop urban rap whatever gospel you need to build a database of fans because mm -hmm. they're loyal mm -hmm. especially country fans but a lot of all, all formats and you build that database and they follow you around so every time you're putting records out they come see you and they pay tickets for your show and they buy your t-shirts and hats and there's nothing digital that takes away a live show or a t-shirt or a hat or a good yep. a good night with friends at a concert so that's kind of in a nutshell how it changed drastically. So you're just not really making money off the music as much per se. Exactly. But you're using that as a tool. Right. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I don't even like to watch recordings of live shows because it's just <laughs> not a live not show. I like being there. And a great example right here in North Georgia is Corey Smith. For those of you who don't know who Corey Smith is, he's another one that Bruce helped out early on. Corey was from over in Jefferson area, Jackson County teaching high school and writing music was he teaching he was high teaching school? i wow. think either english or history and bruce told him he's like man you got to get out there and, and be heard live so he has some real i won't use the word quirky some real you know party georgia go dogs the 21 you know, when yeah, i was in when i was at georgia that's that a was prime a song. song that was it. so he, he he hit a nerve with that group in athens georgia people who are now 32 to 50 i guess somewhere in that age i don't know and but Corey was one of the first that he would go do live shows, and he was printing up CDs in his basement and giving them out at his live shows. Wow. He wasn't selling them. He was giving them away, giving away. So he built a database. So Bruce and I met with Corey's manager one year about, I'm going to say, four to five years into him doing this. And it's before he signed with Warner Brothers in Nashville. Once they put out singles, he'd never really had a big hit. But his manager said that they did, you know, the previous year, $1.7 million. That's without a record deal. That's just Ooh. going out and and selling T-shirts, and you know. So what a a great story. Oh, and yeah. Corey Smith was one of the first to do that. It, it, for for everyone out there listening, if you're leading a business, I mean, monumental changes can and will occur, and with every change is opportunity. So how can you grab a hold of it? And you have to let go of of your devotion to the past, right? What is is, and uh, be open to change. Um, you gotta you gotta get after it because a lot of opportunity come 
come come rise. How much is Taylor Swift making off selling Roll t-shirts? And hats? Oh, don't get me started on her. I've had more people in the last month call me wanting Taylor Smith Taylor Swift tickets, and I want to say yes to everybody. That's just my personality. But those tickets are ridiculous. Oh, you know, right. I could call Nashville and use one favor and get two tickets. Yes, but she sold out three nights, and I had buddies that took their daughters and girlfriends or wives and said. That's the best concert I've ever seen. Like, she played three strong hours, sold out Mercedes-Benz three nights. So she's killing it, and more power to her. I mean, she's... I, I did not know, Jody, that you were the go-to for Hard to Find <laughs> oh, Tickets. No. Maybe we shouldn't have said that on the radio. <laughs> hey, if you sponsor, if you get a big enough sponsor spot for the Gerard Birch Lake Show, <laughs> Jody will get you tickets to whatever concert you want. Yeah. Oh, that's unofficial. Um, but... It is. There's opportunity everywhere. And just look at, you know, you've started in your career on this path. You knew some people and all these different opportunities you took. Very fun career. What, what in the last couple of minutes we have, what is a uh, favorite story you have in the industry? Well, before I answer that question, I say I'm very passionate about the songwriter. Obviously, knowing Bruce and John like I did, I'm not a musician or a songwriter, but when I was in Nashville promoting every you know, all the artists, I realized that it all begins with a song. You go to the Bluebird and you hear where these songs come from out of their heart. I first, excuse me, had Alex Harvey, who's played our show here a few times. He just passed away about a year, a year and a half ago. But Alex said, come out and see me at the Bluebird Friday night. And I did. My girlfriend at the time, later my wife, we went. And he, I forgot who was there, but Alex and two other writers that, they did like 10 hit songs and, and just had people in tears about how they wrote and why oh, they wrote yeah. these songs. And I was like, it's all about the song. And to this day, it still is. Everything you hear on the radio, it comes from a songwriter. Right. So that's the main thing I wanted to tell you about me. Crazy stories. When I was um, road managing T. Graham, I'd gotten a call from B.J. Thomas's wife, who knew T.'s wife, and said, we're doing two shows in Vegas this weekend. And we don't have a road manager. Our road manager's sick or something. I can't remember. So I said, sure, I'll come out there and do, you know. So I fly on Thursday morning to Vegas. Stay Thursday night. Friday we have show. Saturday we have show. Did all that. Well, after the Saturday show, BJ said that the Oak Ridge Boys. Now, this is a lot of name dropping. I'm just trying to tell you these four days that I had no sleep almost at all. If you imagine being in Vegas, I'm 34 years old, 36 years old. I don't know. So two day, two nights in Vegas with B.J. Thomas, huge crowds. And then B.J. said, look, I want to go see the Oaks, and I want to surprise them. Or they were playing, I can't think of all the hotel names, but they were playing a big hotel. So B.J. and I got in a cab, went straight backstage. I got B.J. Thomas, yeah, y'all come in. So we go backstage, and there's the Oaks. They hadn't gone on stage yet, and we're all high-fiving. Well, Wayne Newton comes in. Because Wayne was playing somewhere else. And so I'm sitting back there, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm here with B.J. Thomas and the Oak Ridge Boys and Wayne Newton. It was just a really, really wow. fun night. After that, we went and had some drinks and, you know, really, really cool place. So I get up on Sunday, and B.J. lived in Arlington, Dallas, Texas. So he was flying back to Dallas. I flew back. I was supposed to fly back to Atlanta, but T. Graham had called and said that Carl Perkins Festival was on Sunday in, I think it's Jackson, Tennessee. And Carl Perkins, as you know, is one of the greatest songwriter. I mean, guitar player is just an amazing guy, and he wanted T to come sing. Well, we got off. I flew to Memphis and rented a car, met T. Graham in Memphis, and then we went uh, to the Carl Perkins Festival. And that was when Billy Ray Cyrus was hitting pretty big. And, and, oh, yeah. And, and having all that fiasco with Travis Tritt. So 
we go, we get there, and the only bus that's there, because it's this little theater, you know, not with a lot of backstage, was Billy Ray's. And so he's like, y'all come on up, you know. So I sat there all afternoon with T. Graham and Billy Ray Cyrus, and Carl Perkins comes and gets on the bus with us. Anyway, it was just a great, you know, afternoon, evening. The show went great. It was unbelievable, all the people that in the stories of Carl Perkins and all that. And then uh, we stayed at the Peabody that night in, in Memphis. They put us up there. We get up uh, Monday morning and drove back to Nashville. And I'm like, I don't know if I can explain to somebody what I've done in the last four nights from Las Vegas to Memphis. Folks, if you want to have that much fun, go to GerardBirchFoundation.com and get your tickets for the Lake Show. Thank you, Jody, for being on North Georgia Business Radio X. You've been listening to North Georgia Business Radio X with Phil Vanelli. What local business do you know that should be highlighted on our program? Let us know. Just search North Georgia Business Radio X on Facebook or contact Bo at businessradiox.com. See you next time and remember to support our local businesses.